0: Good morning, everyone. How are you? Good, good to you. see you. Good. Who has had a good week? Good. That's I'm I'm this not in see those not, hands. Who has had a bad week? One hand up. Two hands up. Three hands up. Four. Five. The honesty starting to come out now. The more people that admit it, the more honest we get. Keep those hands up. Right. People that put their hands up, had a good week. Take note of these hands up. Keep those hands up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at these people. You don't have to
0: know what their bad week was about, but you can pray about it. So, let's crack on, shall we? Lord, we thank you for the gift of children in our church. Lord, we thank you that we have shared some worship times and times of prayers and times of praise with these children this morning. Father, we ask you to really guide our leaders this morning. Lord, we pray that they will be guided by your Holy Spirit in the teaching of your word to our children. We pray for a safe and happy time, Lord, full of joy. Father, help the children learn something new about you this morning, Lord, and also help them to learn something new about themselves this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay, children, off you go. No running. I'm going to playing the a video now. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask that... No, I'm not going to ask. Just watch the video. Let me just close the curtains for a second. I'll ask you to trust me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you trust the man that can't even pull a curtain. Come and uh, read some scripture for us, please. And there is the light. We pray for you. Lord, we thank you for Mike, Lord. We ask that you give him a clear voice, Lord. May the words that Mike speaks just change the lives of the hearer that hears with the heart and the ears. Amen.
1: Morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, The readings from Matthew 7, verses 1 to 12. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under your feet and turn and tear you to pieces ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Mm -hmm. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Amen. Thank you, Mike.
0: Well, I would just like to ask you your feelings, your thoughts on the first part of that video. You don't have to say them out loud, but I'd like you to revisit those thoughts. If you're anything like me, uh, when I found that, I found that video on our system. I was going through it. Lee and I were doing some sort of cataloguing of what, we've, what songs we have. And I found this video that said, Red Light District Girls Go Wild. And I thought, Huh. That's not something I expected to find on the church laptop. Who the heck do I report this to? How do I deal with this? Goodness me, what else am I going to find on this laptop? With some trepidation, I clicked on the link with a quick arrow prayer of please, please, no. That video came on, and probably much like you, I thought, I know exactly what this this is. Oh, this is a horror. Those, those harlots, those baying men in the audience, yes, this is fantastic, this is great. And I thought, I knew everything about the lives of those women performing. I knew everything about the people that stopped to stare. I mean, this is no unusual spectacle in amsterdam you don't know no, they have these uh, brothels that, you know it's not mince the words they have brothels there with prostitutes dancing in the windows with the clients and then sort of teasing them in and that's what i thought this was until the as they call in the comedy world the pull back and reveal and then you realize and I doubt there's many people that have watched that video and hasn't felt convicted in some way. You certainly see that conviction on the faces of the people watching and baying and whistling, don't you? Um, now, for any, if you're involved in a filming on the street, you have to sign a consent form, right? So, in order for the people that filmed it to release it, you have to sign a consent form that says you've given your consent for your face to be shown in that video. And you will have noticed that there was one person in there who had a pixelated face. Others were quite happy to go, you know what, yeah, I felt a little bit convicted on that. I was, yeah, I was wolf whistling, I was wooing. And then I had the realisation, and I'm happy for that image to be put on. But this one person obviously felt shame. If I was a judgy person, I could perhaps suggest that this was maybe someone that didn't want to be found out who was visiting Amsterdam while his wife didn't know. If I was judgy, I'm not judging the slightest. Maybe it was a pastor. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Now this passage, Matthew chapter 7, is... The heart of what Christ is. This passage in the Gospel in Matthew is in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? So this is Jesus' teaching, raw and unfiltered. If you want to know what Jesus is about, you read the Sermon on the Mount because he sums up everything you need to know about what he is, who he is. And what you must do as a result of this teaching. So chapter 7, rather than being, if you looking, if you've got a Bibles indoors, and I hope you do, because that would be weird if you didn't. Um, <coughs> chapter 7, you've got these little headings, it's all, you notice you have chapters in your Bibles, right? See. Now they didn't just go, you know, they didn't just go, oh, do you know what, we need to catalogue these verses. So what we do is we'll go, let's say we we just pick this do not judge bit, that can be the start of chapter 7 and then we'll end with oh, just something else a bit further down. What they try to do, sometimes very well, sometimes not so well, is to show you a subject change and show you a progression in scripture. So that you can kind of follow the story of what's going on. So in my Bible, I have this first section, Judging Others. It then goes to ask, seek, knock. It then comes up with the narrow and wide gates, true and false prophets, true and false disciples, and then finishes with a section called The Wise and Foolish Builders. Now what chapter 7 is, is one block of teaching that shows us the teaching, why it should be used, and how to do it. Okay, it's as simple as that. Now, the teaching: Do not judge, or you will be judged. How many people have ever heard that verse? Even non-Christians. If you if you ever say to a Christian or a non-Christian you know, you really shouldn't be doing that. That's not that's not something you should do. Chances are they'll turn around to you and go, ah, you shouldn't judge, or you'll be judged.
1: <laughs>
0: ha, gotcha, get out of that one, Jesus freak. The difference is, that's not what it means. <laughs> you see, there's a difference between judgment and this other word called discernment. Okay? Discernment sounds quite posh, quite fancy, but it basically means figuring out. Okay? Judgment is an end clause. Judgment is a final. Once you've judged, that is it, right? It's the end. That's the end of the sort of goal you're doing. You find out the information, You make a decision, and then that is your judgment. It's a final. It's a full stop. Discernment, on the other hand, discernment involves all sorts of things. It could mean taking your time. It could mean praying, thinking about it. It could mean asking others their opinion. It could mean shock horror, asking God, discernment never actually stops. It's a continual thing. It isn't a final. Now, what Jesus is talking about here is not what we think it is. To discover what we need to do, we need to read the whole passage. Now, we haven't really got time to do that so I'm just going to abbreviate it for you. Don't judge others. Sort out the plank in your eye before you sort out the speck in yours. Jesus was a carpenter, right? A builder. He was well-versed with using planks. Now, anyone who has had a bit of sawdust in their eye will attest to the fact that it's quite painful. Right? Right? And you can't see very well. You're like, ah,
1: ah, ah. Now, of
0: course, what Jesus is saying here is, if you've got, if your brother has a little thing in his life, there's something a little bit off. Perhaps they're sinning, or they're indulging in a behaviour that wouldn't necessarily be something you'd like to see in a Christian. Let's just say they're a very godly person, but occasionally they drop the old F bomb. Walking downstairs, ow, stubbed my toe, said a naughty word. The person with the plank in their eye, of course, the plank. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, now, ah, uh, you said the F-bomb, David. <laughs> ah, you, <laughs> uh, you, that's I
1: mean.
0: <laughs> you said the F-bomb, David. That's naughty. Uh, you shouldn't have done that, David. How dare you. How dare you indeed. Um, what does this signify? This signifies... My sins. You see, what I'm doing, and I'm playing a character here, folks, (laughs) what I'm doing is, well, I'm actually stealing church funds. That's what I'm doing. I'm siphoning them off on an offshore account in the Cayman Islands, and I plan to, in two years' time, retire under a false name. I will be Lieutenant Colonel Bromhead of the previous previously employed as a member of the Royal Guards. And I'm picking on Dave for saying a naughty word when he hurt his toe on the stairs. Now, that's a little bit hypocritical, would you not say? So I've got this massive sin that is going to really, potentially, tear the church apart. May cause people to lose their faith. What if Ian can just run off with that money? And I trusted him. I thought he was a stand-up guy. But he was hiding that all along. And how dare he judge me for saying the F word when I stubbed my toe on the stairs? I mean, let's get some perspective here. My thing was a tiny little thing. It was wrong, sure. But I wasn't stealing money off of people. I'm not running off to the Bahamas or something to live a life of luxury. Who's got one of these in there? eye? Pretty much all of us, really. Let's face it, most of us have got a plank in our eye. So what right have we got to call someone out with a little tiny speck? Now, of course... You say that to a non-Christian and they will, you know, they'll assume that they can judge you by using scripture against you. Now, Jesus isn't applying this to how we act towards non-Christians, all right? So when you see non-Christians behaving as they do, abysmally, all of them, every single one of them, they're all abysmal. I'm joking, they're not. They're, that's, a couple of them are really nice people.
1: <laughs> I
0: am joking for the benefit of <laughs> the This is how we are supposed to discern and judge fellow believers. Okay? Now, who is this really going to affect? Why do we need to do this for our brothers and sisters? Well, it's a nice thing to do, isn't it? To not judge someone. But the trick is to understand the danger of not doing it. Jesus tells us to ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Now, that is a statement that's quite often used as a way of finding Jesus, isn't it? If you ask for Jesus to come into your heart, if you find seeking Jesus to come into your heart, knock on my door, and I'll open it to you. But in this context, this is more like, if you really want to discern well, ask me. If you want to make an informed decision, ask me. Me being Jesus, slash Holy Spirit, slash God. Because there's some real dangers if we don't discern, and we must draw a line between discern and judge. Discerning and judging are different, Are you allowed to judge other people? Do you ever judge other people? I'm going to say to you that judging other people is something you do every day, and sometimes it's not actually that bad to do so. (coughs) A man comes into this room wielding a machete Screaming, I'm going <coughs> to kill you. What is your judgment? I pick your
1: chair up and smack a bit. Exactly. Your judgment is to
0: take action and as, and to know you made a correct judgment through discerning <coughs> that that man is a threat and must be taken out.
1: Yeah, i take him,
0: right take him That's why I, I don't. I'm not scared, of anyone coming through that door might be you at the back.
1: We're all,
0: <laughs> we're all behind you, Martin. <laughs> Is that a good judgment or is that a bad judgment? Good, judgment? good judgment. So we can judge people, right? <coughs> I want to get that clear. It's okay to make judgments, good judgments, on visible, outward things. You see a man standing in a uniform with lots of medals on his chest and one leg missing with a badge that says a regiment on it it's fair to say that that man was in the army. That's quite a good judgment, right? You see me at the front talking to you, you make a judgment that that's the guy in charge, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Judging wisely is okay. But there are some things that you are not very good at judging. And it's these invisible things, the assumptions, yes, assumptions that you make. You might assume that I'm a very godly man. You might assume lots of things about my life. (coughs) Do you know? Do you know that I'm a very godly man? Do I know that you're very godly people? The reason why Jesus wants us to be wise in our discernment and our judging is because there are these things called true and false prophets. Let me rephrase that. There are true and false teachers. There are true and false pastors. church leaders. There are people out there that will seek to turn the word for their own gain. Sure, they'll preach a gospel. They'll be wonderful spiritual people. And for all intents and purposes, look the business. But they're out of order. Because they're not actually Living the life that they claim to preach, and they're actually perverting scripture. Why is that important? Because the people that are led by these wolves in sheep's clothing are leading you down a dangerous path. Now, I saw in the Daily Mail this week, so it must be true. Thanks for that saying, I. <laughs>
1: um,
0: some Japanese fella has decided that he is bored of living as a human, and he's finally going to chase his dream of living as a dog. And so what he's done, he's spent £12,000 on a suit, a full body suit, that makes him look like Lassie. <laughs> Now, I saw the picture of it, and to be honest, it was pretty realistic. If it didn't with the accompanying story, I would have probably like, just looked at the photo and thought, well, that's a dog. it's just something a little bit wrong about it. It didn't quite look as it should, but it was still pretty convincing. Now, imagine you don't quite have that level of discernment and you walk up to this chap in the street and go, oh, what a lovely doggy. What a lovely doggy. Oh. And you touch it and you think that's a bit odd. I'm sure he just said something. I'm sure he just said, oh, hello. <laughs>
1: that's
0: not that's not usual. That's not that's not something that's normal. Suddenly he stands up, takes off his suit. It's a man. How are you going to feel? Rough. Oh,
1: rough. <laughs> you are going to feel. Oh.
0: <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to feel a bit stilly. You're going to feel like you've been duped, sucked in. Uh, oh, why didn't I see it? Oh, for goodness' sake! I mean, it was just—it was there it was something not right, but I trusted in that. <laughs> Now imagine that's your salvation. Now imagine that gospel that you believed that they taught you is something you've been holding on to and you've shaped your whole life around it. Now imagine when Christ comes back. He says. I never knew you. Away from me. Like he says. Away from you, you evildoers. You've believed something that someone who you thought was respectful said. You staked your life on it. Your earthly life and your spiritual life. You were utterly convinced they were the right person. And because of that leader. Because of that man of God, that woman of God that led you, you believed every word said. You believed in a false gospel. You believed in false teaching. You didn't actually use your discernment and your judgment wisely. Because even though there was little signs, little alarm bells, you didn't confront them. You didn't discern You didn't make a judgment and stick by it until you were proved wrong. Now Jesus talks about the the false prophets. Watch out for false prophets. They will come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ferocious wolves. How do we recognize them? Well, he says in the next verse, by their fruit you will recognize them. By their fruit, you will recognise. And that doesn't mean they have plums growing out of their armpits. What is their fruit? What is their fruit? Anyone? Their character? No, not money. No. Their behaviour and what it's doing to others around them. If if I'm in charge of a church and people are leaving, leading horrible lives because of my teaching and they're not understanding where they fit in scripture and each week they're going home saying oh jesus this gets more and more complicated i just can't be bothered and people start leaving the church to find other places to go to if people aren't giving their lives to christ if people aren't staying on the path my fruit as a pastor it's going to look slightly withered, isn't it? By the same token, we mustn't attribute fruit to numbers. If we had a church with me and four people in it, but those four people were on fire, they were just sold out for God. I've got a happy church, and I've got some pretty good fruit growing in my church. And I'm happy. So by their fruit. By the stuff that you see them do. By the stuff that is as a result of their teaching. As a result of the way they portray themselves. If it's good. If it's kind. If it has all the hallmarks of God. That's good fruit. And you know what? A good, wise judgment would be to say, yes, I follow that. But if you're sitting there and you're not sure and there's no fruit and they're behaving in a way that is just not godly, your judgment can save your salvation, save your position with God by leaving, calling them out, doing something. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? No, you're not (coughs) going to get good fruit from a bad tree. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, (coughs) but bad trees bear bad fruit. Bad teacher, bad pupils. Yeah? Bad pupils bad teacher. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Jesus then also talks about the true and false disciples. (coughs) The first bit is about false prophets, the ones that give a message for God, the teaching. The disciples, well, that's you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. We've all heard that verse, I'm sure. Good foundations, right? That's what that's about. Good, solid foundations, something you can build on. And what is Jesus saying that about? Judgment. That's the rock, that's the foundation. Being wise, discerning, and making a judgment on something, and not just going along with it because you think, ah, it doesn't matter. Judgment is right at the heart of this book. God's judgment is ultimately. Far, far in advance of ours. God's judgment is perfect. He sees all, hears all, knows all, omniscient, omnipresent. He's that whole package and knows all of the evidence. But He doesn't just say to us, just go out and do what you feel like. You know, don't worry about using the brains I've given you to discern. If He wanted robots, then why would he have given us a brain to think about things and discern? Your brain is an amazing tool. Use it. Use your brain to discern and to make a judgment about people. But a good judgment. It doesn't mean be unkind to people. It doesn't mean... I've made a judgment about you, and I'm going to be horrible. It does not mean that at all. But it means that you have to be on your guard. If you think that someone is a little bit dodged, you should perhaps move away. Think about your relationship with these people. Because if they are false, they're going to take you down with them. So we must always use our judgment. And you should judge me too. Just because I'm the one telling you doesn't mean you go, but I trust Ian, I will do what he says. Do you know why I bring my Bible to church? Not just because I talk of it, but do you know why I bring my Bible to church? So if I hear something that someone says, can look it up. How many people have come up to you and said, Oh the Lord said blah 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 (laughs) yeah that's how spiritual I am because I learned the verse. Oh wow that's amazing. Trust I'm gonna trust that teaching. That's phenomenal. Well done Sid that was brilliant. If the other chap's got any brains he'll look that verse up you can make the verses up and people will agree with you. If you don't have your Bible, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't bring your Bible to church, I can teach you anything I damn well choose. What proof have you got? What proof have you got? If I said to you, John, chapter, let's pick an obscure one. In the book of Philemon, Paul tells us that cabbages are unclean food and we should not use them because the Lord said in Deuteronomy 36 that cabbages are the root of all evil and we should not use them in stews unless they are cooked thoroughly. Hyperbole, of course. But you will probably go, oh, yeah. Well, the book of of Philemon, of course, it's going to be true, isn't it? because well, I probably read Philemon once upon a time, and I trust Ian. If you had your Bible in front of you, you could go, hang on a minute, Philemon, where's that? That's that couple of pages in between the epistle. Uh, it doesn't say that at all. It's nothing about cabbages, you fool. And then you found out you have a false teacher. Yes? That's easy to do, isn't it? Or if I teach you something and you don't quite agree with it, what can you do? You can go home and you can study it yourself. And if you find out I made a mistake, then on one Sunday, perhaps you could pull me aside and say, well, it says in here that da-da-da-da-da, and you said da Yeah, I think probably you're right. And then I will have to say, oh, well done. Maybe we should revise that. Don't just trust my word. You have a brain. Very good brains. You need to discern scripture for yourself. You need to discern whether I am a good teacher or a bad teacher. Judgment is not always a bad thing. It can be a lifesaver. So forget about looking at people going, oh, I know all about them. I know those women dancing in that window. I know that they're all whores. I know their life path. They've chosen that way because blah. Bad judgment. Because when it came up, we saw that these women had been abused and used, tricked, through no fault really of their own, other than maybe slightly bad decisions in life, or trusting a little too hard in the wrong people. But ultimately, they've been taken on a path that is not of their choosing. And yet we, as Christians, look at them and think, you harlots, I know all about you. Bad judgment. judgment. Can you kind of understand the importance of this passage now about judgment and judging other people? It's not just about how we look at other people and make judgments about their lives and how we know that they're, I know that this is the sort of person. It has a profound impact on our faith Through the word of God, because Jesus is warning us of false teachers. You have false teachers, you then have false disciples. That's the bad fruit of it. If I'm teaching you a false gospel, and you believe it, and you've sworn your life to Christ through teaching that I've given you, and it's false, well then, On the day of real judgment Jesus will say I'm sorry I've never known you. I don't know you. Then it's on you. But thankfully we have this person in the Holy Spirit. There is something living in each of you called the Holy Spirit and he is a person. He is a member, a part of the Holy Trinity of God. God, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They are all one. They are all separate. Don't ask me how it works because I don't know. I just know it does work. The Holy Spirit will give you so much. He will be the one to help you in your discernment if you trust him. If you listen to him. What's the Holy Spirit saying about this man? What's the Holy Spirit saying about this woman? Prayer. Taking your time. Discernment is a journey. It is not an end. Then make your judgement based on what he says, what your brain is telling you, and then make a judgement call. I'm going to move away from this. I'm not going to convict. Don't think judgment is a conviction. A condemnation. To make a judgment call is to act wisely, to trust in the Spirit. He's there to help us, that's why he's given to us, he's not given to us to make us feel happy and dancing and clappy doing some worship songs. is there to help us discern and to judge. So use him prayerfully, read scripture, pray to God, Lord open my eyes Teach me about this person. What is the heart of this person? Lord? Give me something. I once did. I'm going to, I'm going to finish on this it's probably I'm going to finish on this. I was once at a conference, I won't say yeah. whose conference, and there was something not right, there was something wrong in the teaching, and it just pricked me out, just uncomfortable. And I sat there, and for about three quarters of an hour, I sat there just going, if these are wolves, Lord, show me. Show me these are wolves. Show me if they're wolves, just show me. And if they're not, then fine. I'll just go with it. Show me if they're wolves. Show me the wolves. Show me the wolves. And I just kept praying over and over again. Show me the wolves. And lo and behold, this guy came out with a statement about Christ that just made me want to vomit. He turned around and said, It was quite offhand. It was an interview. It wasn't like a didactic teaching thing. He was being interviewed and said, you know who one of the biggest losers in the Bible was? Jesus. He could have had the whole thing. He could have had the world. But he chose us. What a loser. Now, if he had then said, of course, it's not really a loss, is it? If it had turned it around and said, of course, it wasn't a loss. He's not a loser. Of course, he's not a loser. He's reigning in heaven. If he had quantified it with that, fine. But he did. He stopped short and just called Jesus a loser. Should I believe anything that that man says? No. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit was in me and teaching me there's something not quite right. And I went with it. And I prayed into it. And he revealed his teaching. Do that. Pray into it. Do that not just with me, but the things you watch on TV. Because I guarantee you, some of the Christian TV channels you watch are dodgier than heck. Some of the preachers that you think have a wonderful message are dodgy as heck. Discern, judge, make a decision. Right. After that. (laughs) I'm taking this seriously because it is serious. My salvation counts to me. And your salvation counts to you and to me. Don't believe everything you say but with an open heart and trust in Christ. Discern, judge, and then act. That's the lesson for today, to know his voice and to give him praise when you hear it. Let's say the grace together, shall we? May
1: the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God and the the fellowship fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with with us now and forevermore. Amen.